This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey podcast fam, welcome to Hanging For More. It's your host Yasmina. And I'm Maggie. Hanging For More is here to bring you endless laughter and honest conversations. Just remember, if you're loving the podcast, to hit follow and leave us a review as this helps out so much. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Yellow, yellow. How are you? I'm tired. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Nina had um, a wobbly tooth this morning. No, I literally was crapping myself because I'm like, this is something that I thought of literally when I was pregnant. And I was like, this gives me trauma. Like from when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Having a a child. You're going to have to pluck out that tooth. And I'm like, (laughs) shitting myself if I'm honest. I'm hoping it falls out by itself. Tyson did it by himself. He actually just yanked it at himself. And I was like, shitting myself. But I was like, oh, good. He's all good. I'm just going to continue to give him the motivation he needs. Honestly, the smart way to do it. My dad literally used to like, just take it out for us and we had no choice but no, we had like this old that. old wife's tale where like if you didn't yank it out straight away when it was wobbly it that would it would come crooked. out crooked yeah, yeah did you too <laughs> yes. i want to ask a dentist if yes. that's true because i don't believe anything they say anymore i'm scarred but speaking of kids today's episode we wanted to chat about uh motherhood we wanted to talk about yes. all things motherhood things we wish we knew Things, that you didn't know. Yeah, that you didn't know. Things we've learned along the way. Because we do know so many mothers do follow this podcast and follow us on socials. And I just thought, there's so much I want to share about this topic. There's a lot yeah. we can get I into. I want to start from the very top. How was <sighs> your okay. birth and labor? And who was in your delivery room? Uh, my Well, I had my best friend, Kiki. She was in my delivery room along with my partner. I had a C-section. So um, once my waters broke... Nothing, obviously. How many weeks were you? I was full term. Okay, so you were full term. Did you know you were having a a C-section? No, no, no. So my waters broke, went into the hospital, nothing was happening. So they said, come back in the morning, came back the following morning. Um, And obviously it wasn't dilating past, I think it was like six centimetres. So then I was in labour for about 18 hours. Induced. um, And then, yeah, had to have an emergency C-section. So... Yeah, a little that bit traumatic. Yeah, lot. but I had my best friend in there, my partner at the, obviously at the time. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it was it was like a circus show. How were they with supporting you? Um, <laughs> like, oh, I just want to know. I don't know, know if I should talk we... about this. <laughs> um, my best friend was amazing. Oh, that's absolutely good. amazing. I think it's so important to have someone that you're really, really comfortable. So you didn't with. have your like, mum. No, I didn't have my mum. Okay. I wanted my best friend. She'd already had a child. He was oh, a little bit amazing. older than Tyson, but she made me feel very comfortable and. It, you have to have someone that's you're going to be comfortable with because yeah, she was literally wiping my ass. <laughs> like so, um, yeah, definitely have your support person that you really. And obviously, she'd had a child; she'd been through it before. So I wanted someone who'd already been through, uh, you know, had had a child. And I think that's advice for anyone who's going to have a kid. Like, yeah. make sure whoever's in there is someone that you're really comfortable with and that you 100%. can show your ugly side to because it is ugly. If I had my time again, I'd literally have just my best friend, not even my partner. Oh, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> forget good. about them because they're no help, honestly. Well, for me in my situation anyway. Oh. Um, and then I had – my mum came later on with my auntie. Oh, and nice. I was just like, get the fuck out. Like, I don't even know. There's too many people in yeah. the room. Because um, post-C-section is pretty brutal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, I mean, so just, I've heard. Yeah, it was horrible. Like, yeah. I honestly thought I was dying. I remember holding my best friend's hand and I was like, Kiki, like, I'm actually dying. She was like, you're not dying. Oh, like, my God. Because, you know, they say, like, a woman giving birth is, yeah, like, they the say, equivalent well, of, like, in our culture, 32 something broken bones in oh, your body. Oh, I thought that like, wasn't where you were going with that. But no. in my culture, it's like when you're giving birth, you're in between life and death. Well, I felt like I was fucking <laughs> halfway through death. 
And she was like, you're not dying, I promise. Oh, um, gee, that's and at the time it was funny. I mean, not, it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. Yeah. And my partner was like, you know how they say bring snacks, make sure you've got snacks for your partner because obviously they can't leave Who the room. I that? swear to God because I'd researched, you know, snacks like, for your partner. Yeah, you're because you're your in doggy there for bag. a long time. Yeah, because, That's you know, ridiculous. you prepare your, your, And he doesn't have feet to walk to you, the, to the well, cafeteria he, to buy himself a meal. He was starving. That's all I heard the whole time was oh, him complaining, God. like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. At one point, the nurse came in, the midwife, and she was like, get off the bed. That's for her. I was laying on the bed. Oh. Uh, he was laying on the bed while I was walking around. Um, and then, um, yeah, so... Like I said, they were like, bring snacks for your partner. So he was all good. Gee. He ended up ordering pizza anyway. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I think having someone who's really supportive yeah. is really, really important and making sure that you're clear with your instructions. Yeah. Um, and even like... Did you have a birth plan? Well, I didn't have a birth plan and Thank I never God. went to any of those. Yeah, it would have all gone out the window. Yeah. I didn't go to any of those prenatal classes. Oh, you didn't? No. I honestly think they need to change all of that. I didn't go to any of them. I think they need to make it more about like actually gearing for after you've had the baby like yeah, mental health wise postnatal depression yeah. all of that so that should be the class that every woman should yeah, be yeah i never to went to have did you go to, to any of those postnatal i did yeah, it was okay. useless See? but it was like i knew nothing yeah. i was so dumb though i was like 19 no i was 20 when i gave birth to nina yeah it was like a very different experience than i ever anticipated as did odd. you have a natural birth Yes, so I had, and I think now they call it vaginal births because like it just takes out, like every birth is natural at the end of the day. Like yes, some are interfered with like drugs and, you know, C-section obviously is, you know, they cut you open, but still every birth in the end is natural. Yeah, I get it. So anyway, um, I had, I had Nina when I was 20 and I fell pregnant. I don't know whether I've told you my birth stories. No, I haven't heard your birth stories. I was 20 years old. I was stupid. I was naive. I asked everyone about their birth stories and everyone was telling me like, it's brutal. It's this, it's that. Like they really gave it a bad name. So I was really nervous. But for some reason, I just didn't care. I was like, I want to go in blind. I went to the birthing classes because I thought it was the right thing to do. Honestly, all they teach you is like how to breathe and shit. That's what I like, mean. And when you're in that situation, the like, I knew you nothing. can't fucking breathe. Like, like I didn't even, maybe I wasn't paying attention or it was just stupid, but they didn't even tell you like that you need to birth the placenta after you birth the baby. Like I didn't know that. I was yeah, shocked. I, didn't know that I was yeah. shook. But anyway, I was kept going back and forth to the hospitals of 39 weeks and I kept thinking like from 38 to 39 weeks, I kept thinking my water was breaking, but it wasn't. I was just peeing myself and thought it was. So I started wearing a pad and eventually like I went in the last time and they were like, yeah, your water has broken. I was like, oh my God, it's so exciting. So they're like, go home, come back tomorrow. Here's your induction date because if your waters, if nothing progresses, you'll have to be induced yeah, the right. next day. So I went and get, got my nails done and I went with my mum. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first priority, <laughs> have your nails done. I was like, I need to feel good about myself. So I went and got my nails done. My mum was really worried. So she was like, I'll come with you because yeah. I'm scared that something's going to happen. Got my nails done, went to, went home, fake tanned. Like this is where my head was at for labour, 20-year-old, typical 20-year-old. I fake tanned. <sighs> I straightened, washed and straightened my hair. And then that night I went to bed and like about 3 a.m. was supposed to be at the hospital by 7. 3 a.m. I woke up and I just had like light cramps and I was like, maybe this is contractions. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is fun. <laughs> and, I, and little did I know what was coming. I was like, if this is contractions, this is great. It's like period pain. I went downstairs. I called my mum and she came over at about 4.30, made us breakfast. We sat and watched Friends and then we went into the hospital it went into like a room where there was so many women waiting to give birth that were also waiting to get oh, induced wow. okay. and everyone was like fine and I was the only one that was having cramps so they got me in earlier as soon as they got me into that labor and delivery room all I could hear was women like oh, oh 
screaming. Oh, I remember that and I was too. Like, yeah. I'm dead. It's scary. I'm dead. It's I'm really not scary. cut out for this. I should not be here. I mean, they put in, I was already like three or four centimeters dilated and I didn't know it. So then they put in the induction into my arm yeah. and I was like, okay, I can work with this. This is all right. And I started to feel the pain increasing and I was like, and they had at the time said to me, because I said to the delivery nurse, I was like, oh, how long do you think until I have like my daughter in my hand? And she's like, oh, honey, like my, my shift ends at nine o'clock. This is like, I didn't get induced till later that day. This wow. was like at seven. She's like, oh, I'm, my shift's about to end at nine o'clock. So I'll probably see you tomorrow morning and I'll probably be delivering your baby. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. I looked at the clock. I was like, this is going to be a long night. And I was like going through the, the pains. And then at one point I couldn't stop, like I couldn't speak or anything. And I said to my mom, look, I think I'm going to give birth. Like I'm, I'm, I can't breathe. Like my body's just doing the work for me. And she saw on my face when I stopped talking and I was going a bit blue in the face, she saw something must've been wrong. And she yelled at the nurse and was like, I know you don't want to check her, but I've seen, I've delivered babies, like go get a doctor. Well, doctor walked in, doctor walked in, <sighs> was like, okay, you're ready to go. And I was like, sorry, what? They turn on all the lights, they check things and they realize that Nina's heart rate was going down. And then oh, wow. mine was playing up as well. Cause I do have a heart condition. Yeah. So I had a cardiologist on standby as well. And then they literally cut, like they did an episiotomy because they had oh, to wow. get her out quickly yeah. and get the vacuum because I tried once, oh, wow. didn't get her out. And they were like, Shit. we can't wait for any more. Yeah, see, I'm glad I had a C-section. Oh, <laughs> mate. I was like, and as soon as they were talking to me and they were giving me direction, my mum fainted. Oh, so I had my mum and my husband in the delivery room and she fainted. And I was like, fucking hell, bro. You had one job. And then Billy, who I thought would be a complete flake, would be horrible. God bless him, but he's just really bad with blood. I was like, he's going to faint. He's going to get out of the room. He was right by my side. The lady was like, oh, do you want to see the baby? It's crowning. The head's coming out. And I was like, get the baby out. And Billy was like, yeah, oh, look. The idiot oh looked. God. And you know they say like, it's like when a man it's looks at trauma, that, it's like watching yeah. his favorite pub burn down. I was like, don't look. Like, why would you do that? And he was like, it's so beautiful. And he was like crying. Aww. And I was like, bless. And she came out and like they put her oh, on me beautiful. and they went to like, they did an injection. So the... Uh, placenta could come out and I was oh, like okay. what's that yeah I, I was like any of that. why wouldn't you tell me any of that and then they like stitched me up baby was out everything was great I was like sweet like done and I thought the process was really beautiful to be honest like I left that thinking it was such a beautiful process but maybe because I did like from my induction to my birth it was three hours and like the two wow. hours leading okay. up was them not wanting to check me yeah, because they were like crazy. there's no way you're 10 centimeters so it was just a pretty fast birth compared to like and I had no no gas, no epidural, no nothing. But I went in yeah. wanting the epidural. I was like, "This, I'm a drug person. Like, give me all the drugs. So like, I'm good. And I had none of it. Yeah, because I went in like, I don't want anything. I'm not going to have anything. No way. And I was the opposite. I was like, give me those fucking yeah. drugs now. And I remember my partner was like, do you remember when we were talking about this? You were saying like, no, you don't want anything. You know, you're good. You're doing good. And I was like, I literally get out of my him face. And I was like, get me the fucking nurse now. Yeah. Like, I'm not going through this. I'm actually dying. Yeah. So I had the complete opposite. So, Jeez. but I had a very long, for me, it was very traumatic. I mean, I true. That would anyone, be a lot. It was very traumatic. And With then. Sorry, go on. Go on. Sorry, I've cut you off. No, go. No, with Noah, it was a similar birth, like literally identical, went in, got induced, whatever. But then the nurse was like, hey, do you want some gas? Like, we know you have pretty fast births. We've got on record. So they were on standby for the baby to yep. pop, shoot out of me within five minutes. I was like, bro, <laughs> calm down. You're making me anxious. Uh, this time I had my cousin and my husband and I was like, bro, can you calm down? Like, she's, they brought out the baby the baby, you no, know, the, the thing? The, the, like the and I was like, it's already coming out. Like, how fast do you <laughs> think? They're ready for it. That's pressure. They're just going to catch yeah. it in the bassinet. Like, go. <laughs> I 
I was like, okay, she goes, do you want some gas? And Billy was like, no, that makes her vomit because she had it the first yeah, time. He's like, no. But she thought it was one of those controlling Arabs who didn't want me to have oh thing. And she was God. like, no, no, no. It's no, decision. we got to, it's her, de- and I looked at her and I looked at Billy like, I'm going to, I'm going to punch her in the face for <laughs> to get out of my face. I was like, oh but all up was good. But I wanted to ask you, did anything change? And this is something that I always wanted to know, like when I was pregnant, did anything change post-birth in your relationship immediately? That's Why you always got to ask me these questions? <laughs> um, it did. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so awkward talking about this shit. Um, look, coming home, like obviously I think I've mentioned before, Tyson, after he was born, day three, we almost lost him. He was born with congenital heart defect, so he was in ICU for quite some time. Okay. Came out, came home. Obviously, I've got a newborn. He was about three months old. Um, and obviously, you're, you're very busy with just being a mum, I guess, like and learning. just learning all these new yeah. things. Your main priority is just feeding this baby and making sure they're fed and have a changed nappy I mean there's really nothing you're pretty much a cow with yeah. the baby stuck <laughs> to your tit the whole time yeah. like seriously yeah um and I remember a couple of months in obviously you know you you're not really thinking too much about your relationship because you're just in like I mum guess world, mum in your world bubble. and flight or fight mode whatever yeah. like, um and I remember my partner you know coming to me and being really upset I still remember this day I was sitting on the bed breastfeeding my son and you know he came in he was really upset <laughs> why are you laughing and I said, you know, and he said, you know, I don't feel like you love me anymore. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, what? And he was like, you know, I don't feel like you love me anymore. Like, I feel like you just, it's all about Tyson now. Like, and you just love him more. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, come suck on my left, my right nipple. Like, how do you want me to show you I love you even more? Like, he's just a newborn baby. Like, <laughs> you're like, you're trying to compete like, with wait, a fetus. Come, like, one for you, one for him. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, obviously... Wow. I love him and I love you. But, but I think a lot of change. people would be going through that change of balance in their house. It like is, it's yeah. no longer about you two, it's now about the baby. The baby. And some and people the, struggle. Because the attention shifts and yeah. it's all about the baby, obviously, because you, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and you're learning. You're learning as you go. So your relationship, I feel like, naturally, like unintentionally, the dynamic takes a step does back. change. It yeah. does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I guess for men, they probably feel it more than, I mean, we have. I guess it's having that connection with your child, you know, whether you're breastfeeding or not. Like, so yeah, it did. Our relationship did change because, um, and obviously having a sick child as well added to the stress of my relationship taking a back step. And it wasn't that I didn't love him. It was just more like, you're not fucking important right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more like, my focus is on this child. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. And I feel like, your partners either do one or the other. They're either your biggest support and help you and literally bond, spend this time to bond with their baby or it's like, I'm not getting enough attention. I'm not happy in this relationship. Like, And it's like, that's such a selfish way of looking at things. But for some, they really struggle because it's like, especially it depends how long you've been together as well. Yeah, like we've I been know, together for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah before the baby. Yeah, yeah exactly. living together, obviously, Which yeah. Which does play a different part. So for me, Billy, we were... Yeah, we were together for ages in high school and stuff, but, like, we were young parents. As soon as we got married, we had a baby three months later, so we didn't really have that time beforehand to know what a dynamic was before a baby. Yeah, no, that's right. So it was very different. So did it change for you? Like, I think it changed for the better. Billy was, like, he really stepped up and it made him... It made me fall in love with him more. He was so in love with Nina and that drew me closer to him. He was someone who, like, at night would be like, you sleep let me take the baby for half the night and you take the baby for half now. So at least we're all, both of us are getting a solid uninterrupted amount of sleep for like halves of the night. Yeah. So he would do like 
the afternoon until about 1am and then I'll do 1am till 6am and that was just great so I could go to sleep at 6pm wake up at 1am and at least I had that amount of good chunk of uninterrupted sleep and yeah. Nina wasn't breastfed she was breastfed for like a few weeks at the beginning or a month or so but then I straight away introduced formula and speaking of that there was so much shame for me associated with not breastfeeding like I remember my mother-in-law coming over because she was so proud of me for breastfeeding she was like that's amazing like good on you and she didn't breastfeed all her kids but she was just sharing that like it's a powerful thing and you know it takes a lot of sacrifice to breastfeed your baby it does and you know having a baby in general is a sacrifice so like adding on top the stress of your body producing milk for this baby it's a lot and it's a lot regardless so adding the stress was something that she was extra proud of and I remember her coming over and she's like he's still breastfeeding bro I was putting my tit with no milk in this baby's <laughs> mouth just to prove I was breastfeeding I was like oh I'm just gonna go upstairs to breastfeed bro I was sitting there playing with the baby I was just ashamed yeah and I don't know where that shame came from and I guess I just wanted to make her proud and you know just show that I was a great mum and I didn't need the help and I was you know had ticked all the the boxes but I just felt this immense shame and then eventually I just came out and was like because she said to me she goes your boobs have gotten smaller like you're producing enough milk like you know I know these remedies natural remedies and at this time I didn't take any offense like my mother-in-law I know what she's like and I know this meant nothing from her like for those who might be listening to this and be like what a bitch who would say that to like a new mom like your tits have gone smaller do you have enough milk but I just know what she's like and so I was like no um, I'm taking these you know booby cookies or whatever I wasn't bro they were just in the cupboard yeah I was like I was munching on those yeah they were tasty yeah they were good they were good and I was like yeah look and I said to her in the end I was honest I was like look it just didn't and she was so supportive she was like oh yeah like I stopped breastfeeding early on too with some of the kids and it's normal like don't stress there is a lot of pressure around it and even for me like going into hospital seeing Tyson because like I said he was in ICU um I was like constantly trying to produce more milk for him and honestly the one thing that I could say is you know do you do what's right for you like it's hard enough as it is and I think there's so much obviously every mum wants to be the best for their child and produce you know milk for them but I think it took such a toll on me mentally and no one I felt like no one was really listening to me like yeah. it was all about like you need to produce more milk you need to like especially the midwives like you go yeah. into your maternal health nurse and it's like and how's breastfeeding yeah going? and I hated it like yeah. I honestly can't even hear the sound of a pump because yeah. I want to vomit like yeah. I felt like an absolute cow and I hated it but I felt pressured to continuously you know produce milk for him so I think just listen to you and what you want like yeah because if at it's, the end it's of not the day, for everyone yeah it's really at not. the end of the day your baby doesn't need like your your breast milk more than it needs a healthy mum do you know Correct. what I mean like you I can't agree. be the best parent if you're unhappy and at the end of the day it just comes down to like doing what's best for you and believe me take it from someone who didn't breastfeed their first but breastfed their second until 12 months and I kid you not, they both Jesus. fucking ate dirt from the floor and they're both as dumb as each other. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I, I, no, like, I struggled to do three months. I and did. But you know what? I swear life slapped me in the face because I was like, man, second one, I don't give a shit if I breastfeed or not. The kid wouldn't take a bottle. Yeah, the kid see, acted like he was choking. No one was like horrible. And yeah. I had to keep breastfeeding him and it was the hardest thing. But it yeah, is see, and Tyson is. took like, well to formula because he was sleeping better. He yeah. was, it, everything was better. So I think definitely listen to yourself and don't be afraid to like speak up and do what's right for you and your body. Because like you said, being, you know, mentally okay and happy is way is so more, important. more important. And I feel like to it honest. attributes to, was there a reason why you breastfed? Um, 
I didn't want to breastfeed. I just felt but like it was But what was your the leading reason? I know this reason. What? <laughs> what was your reason for breastfeeding? What made you want to continue breastfeeding? <laughs> so, because everyone that's had a kid was like, you know, breastfeeding is the best way to lose weight. Like, Because <laughs> I'd put on 35 kilos. Like, yeah. I had hyperemesis. So, I was like, okay. And then I just, my, I skyrocketed. Like, normal people put on, yeah. the middle off was like 10 to 12 kilos. <laughs> And so, like, I, we'd seen, I we'd seen well. all these girls around us, you know, family and friends who'd fallen pregnant. And it was like, oh, they still look like them. You know, I puffed up like a friggin' puffer fish. Yeah. And, you know, I remember my partner being like, oh, you know, like, you've, you've obviously gained a lot of weight. Like, you know, I was like, it's all fluid. It's all fluid, you know. Like, and then I was like, breastfeeding, breastfeeding. I'm going to breastfeed solid, like, lose all my baby weight. I was not losing an inch. I swear, like, not even an inch. And my partner was like, I thought it was all fluid. I was like, me too, man. Like, <laughs> I'm still waiting for the fluid to come down. So that, yeah, I mean, that wasn't my main reason. Yeah, but, but I was, was like, obviously, like, there is, there's but so that, much benefits to yeah, it too. But yeah, it didn't work for me, Benefits obviously. for you. But you eat more when you're breastfeeding. Like, you're hungry, man. It's like know, a bottomless pig. That rule doesn't pig. apply to me. I'm, man, I, I was eat eating like a cow when I was breastfeeding. Everything. I was hungry all hours of the night, all hours of the morning. It didn't matter what time. There was something in my mouth. Like, it was just so <laughs> full on. I was like, this is a lot. I think I'm... Literally with Noah, when I was breastfeeding, my aim was to get to four months because we were traveling to Morocco. And I was like, if I can get to four months breastfeeding, great. Because overseas, like, it would be so much Different. easier than yeah. to take bottles and shit. Bro, it slapped me in the face, came back, couldn't get the kid on a bottle. I At the end, I had to tape my boobs and tell him that it was broken by the, when he was one. Obviously, could understand. I was like, it's broken, man. Like, it's not going to work. But I wanted to go get my Botox. I wanted to leave a little. I wanted to go into an Priorities. appointment without being called Priorities. by my husband or, like, by anyone and being like, you need to feed the baby. He would stay at my mum's and it was like calling me, hey, he's hungry, he's hungry, you need to come back. And he was on solids, but kid wanted tips so I was like and it, you know what it's okay to be selfish and it's okay to quit breastfeeding for selfish reasons there's nothing wrong with that I feel like there's such a huge stigma around like being selfless when you become a parent but I think you also have to be selfish in some instances because you like I said prior your kid needs a healthy and a happy mum yeah, and without that you're not giving anything to your kid do you know what I mean like you can think you're giving him the best but are you really at the end of the day so did you have a good support system like post-birth like Obviously, after having your first, did you have a good support system? I did. Yeah. I had my mum who came over. So she was there in the labour. She came over and did, she didn't stay with us. She just came every single day and dropped off meals, mopped the floors, held the baby while I oh, showered sweet. and napped. And yeah. Billy was a huge support system for me. Like in, honestly, it turned into like just the most amazing father. And my in-laws constantly came in and checked in and were hanging around my sister was a huge support system any time she had off work she'd be at the house holding the baby while I got stuff done whether I needed a nap or just wanted to go out for a walk so I feel like support was huge yeah, in that is. sense and yeah. I really like I'll never forget that time and who was there for me and who wasn't yeah I was I mean look having said that my ex um honestly like for me like I love kids and I've always wanted to have so many children I've always been so confident but when I had Tyson I actually couldn't bath him like wow. I didn't, I wasn't the first to bath him and I didn't bath him for a little while. My partner was the first to bath him and continued to bath him, which was amazing, obviously, <laughs> considering everything else. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have a huge support system. I had my sister, um, a few family members and that was it. I mean, what advice would you give? Because not everyone has been fortunate enough, I guess, to have yeah. a great support system or may have their family yeah. here in the country, in the state um, yeah. or have family in general. So. I mean, we've both been fortunate enough to have had that support, but for someone who doesn't have any support, 
I mean, what advice would you give them? I'm trying to think I think of. definitely, like, prepare yourself. Like, there's so many ways that you can prepare yourself pre-birth, like, setting up meals and freezing them in the freezer so that way you have food for a good yeah, chunk I did that. Yeah. of time. I feel like that that's huge. I think where you can, if your partner can take off time, or maybe if you don't have a partner, like, reaching out to people. I think we, as mothers, take pride and we hold that as in, like, we can't... We're ask a bad parent help. if we ask for help, but it's actually the other way around. There's that saying of like it takes a village for a reason oftentimes someone might not reach out for help or they might say like hey if you need anything let me know but it's like actually let them know like reach out and be like hey I'm actually really struggling and that doesn't make you a bad parent it makes you a good one who's using the resources that you have if you had That's a broken right. foot you would go to the doctor to get help you wouldn't sit and wait for it to heal itself and vice same thing with parenthood if you're struggling with something and it could just be as simple as mentally you're not coping with the load reach out and I think it took me such a long time despite having the support that was forced support where people just came and reached out but if I didn't have that I genuinely I don't think I would have reached out it wasn't until the second baby that I learned that you need to lean on your people and look those people come in all different shapes That's and sizes so and from different areas of life. It could well, be your coworker. It could be Having your said that, I remember in hospital, they um, one of the midwives actually told me about a Facebook group, wow. um, which yeah, I don't haven't really heard many other people talk about it. And I actually signed up to that straight away. It was just a mothers group, and it had so much insightful information. But also, you know, you could write in anonymously, and I think that was a great oh, avenue, wow. yeah, to That's like reach awesome. out and you know, if you were having any issues or even just going back to having that support. If you are a yeah. single mom, or and there's if mothers you don't groups have, as well. There is lots of mother groups. Areas. Yeah, so yeah, there's I, as you were saying, yeah, I think it's so important to like reach out if you don't have family or a partner to definitely, definitely reach out because I think it's so important. Hey guys, make sure you subscribe to our Hanging For More podcast and follow us on our socials, Hanging For More, for all the updated information and new podcast releases. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. And look, there are times where you might have also a partner who isn't supportive and like genuinely like... Maybe, you know, when you have kids, I feel like a lot of the time it really brings out the real of people. Like, it brings out who they really are, their true colours. And I think oftentimes so many women are surprised and taken back by it. Because while you're pregnant, it's all cute. You're still having great sex. You're still going on date nights. You're still, it's just you two. And the baby comes along and, and the, the, you just, it just shifts. And this person you might think is going to be the best father ever turns out to maybe not reach your expectations and it does it changes things for you and that support might not be there and I think like in that time as well make sure you're putting yourself first where you can and taking care of yourself because your mental health is huge and reach out to people and talk about it because you, you're not alone there are so many women who go through this and it's it's an awful place to be and it's a lonely time motherhood yeah, can be so fucking lonely and even with all the support that I had it was still one of the most loneliest times in my life having kids and it just feels like you're so isolated and that's okay and you're not alone. There are so many women who feel that way. I remember that's the whole reason I started my Instagram was I was like, man, none of this is real. Everything you see online is fake. And that was the whole reason why I like yeah. started the Instagram and why it took off the way it did was just because I was sharing it. So jump online, find like-minded people who are going through the same stuff. Follow people, make friends in the community that maybe have just had a baby or mother's groups. There's when you go to a maternal health nurse appointment, there's groups, or like you said, the Facebook. Make sure that you're leaning on those people and, you know, making sure that you're a priority. Your mental yeah. health is priority in that sense. It's huge. It makes a big difference. So post-birth, I know one of the biggest, biggest shifts that a lot of people see straight away is your body changing. How did you deal with your body changing, especially post-C-section? Because I do know that that's a little bit harder. 
How did you go with that? Like, did you feel like you had a bit of body dysmorphia once you gave birth? Because, you know, we're always so proud of the bump. Yeah, no, I can't say. I was, I was, <laughs> you I were? was struggling mentally oh, going really? through pregnancy. Yeah, prior to that, I know you'd never know looking at me now, but I was quite fit and I was That always is like the meanest <laughs> thing you said. It was like, you would never know looking at but me But I was training relaxed. like six, seven days a week. Um, so I, had, I was at the leanest, fittest and strongest I'd ever been. So um, putting on 35 kilos for me mentally, I hated myself, hated my body. It was a horrible time for me adjusting to it. Yeah. Um, a couple of things that I did, obviously, I was, I mean, having Tyson in November, the weather was hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. So I had that working in my favour. I just made an effort of every single morning making sure that I'd get him into the pram and get out for a walk, like, even for, for 20 minutes, half an hour, just getting some sunshine and just getting out there and going for a walk. Did you feel like your whole wardrobe, like you looked at it and it was like, what do I, I wear? I think I lived in just leggings and yeah. a t-shirt the whole time, I to be like honest, because I, I hated it. Yeah, and I refused to buy like bigger clothes. Like I was, <laughs> I, I bought no maternity clothes. Oh, really? Not, not one like, item. I was like, I'm just going to buy bigger sizes. I don't yeah. know, for me, mentally making that shift of buying maternity clothes as opposed to like it, it literally was the same size like yeah. say it was size 12 or 14 if I had maternity on it I wasn't buying it because Why? I don't know it was just like wow. no like I was like I need to stick to this you know weight or I need to be to this so, so you really was, struggled I really yeah. struggled with it so and how did you overcome that in terms of mentally not so much physically losing the weight but more so mentally like with your body changes, how did you cope once giving birth? Did you find it hard to find time for yourself? I did find it hard to find time for myself, but I also realised that that was really important for me to start making it a priority. Because at, what, at what stage? How um, old was Tyson? He was probably about four months, okay. four, four or five months. Yeah. So around the five to six month mark, I was like, this has got to change. Like something just switched to me and I was just like, um, I actually was following Emily sky i think her name is or sky Fit. oh yeah yeah, yeah. The fitness um, yeah yeah and she's so awesome. she's a mum. yeah and she's had yeah. a couple of children and show like sharing like following on social media sharing she was sharing photos of like post-birth pre-birth and it was amazing to see like someone real who was bodies. so fit yeah real bodies yeah. like she had a belly like me like she had extra skin like she yeah. had all these you know flaws that no one else sees and i was just like wow like she's so fit and healthy and her body has changed so much. Like, exactly. that's okay. My body is normal. Like, that's yeah. okay yeah. what my body looks 100%. like. And I just had to learn to embrace it. And, you know, looking at things on social media, reading books, um, making it a priority to just go for a walk. The thing we spoke about before with having meals ready was big for me because then at least it helped me psychologically feel like I was staying on track. Yeah. Um, things like just going for a walk, grabbing myself a coffee, sitting down. Like yeah. Just taking the time to just tell myself that it's okay and it is going to take time and not feeling like it's unrealistic like as what you see sometimes on social media because yeah. you just want to get back to that because no, you feel like you're I felt like I was a cow I wasn't I didn't feel attractive anymore yeah. like why would my partner want to sleep with me or touch me yeah. I didn't feel attractive so it kind yeah. of pushed me away from him too wow that's so yeah crazy um I remember when I gave birth like, firstly, when I was pregnant, oh, my God, I loved my body. I was like, man, this is it. so beautiful. Like, I, I actually feel excited to wear tight things. And then as soon as I gave birth, I put on that same dress and I was like, not wearing it. <laughs> like, not ready. Wearing it. It was it was hard. It was really difficult post-birth. And I had, like, such a supportive partner who called me beautiful every day. And still, it had nothing to do with him. It was just a me thing. I yeah. was always a certain size and I gained 30 kilos or more. And I remember the maternal health nurse was like how much kilo or the midwife was like this is a healthy amount to weigh to gain i was like bro 
like I've gained, I've surpassed that <laughs> weeks ago, bro. Like we're still midway. Yeah. And I remember walking into the house once and my brother was like, whoa, you've gained weight. And I was like, you dog. <laughs> like it's not easy. And I think yeah. post-birth, um, your hormones are all over the place. So like you can't expect to mentally be okay post-birth when like your hormones are still balancing, especially if you're breastfeeding as well. On top of that, your hormones are still all over the place regardless. So give yourself time, I think is my biggest advice for anyone struggling postpartum. And that could be six months, six years, whatever it may be, because postpartum is just this, it's a long period of time. There's no time limit. I think often this bounce back culture on social yeah. media, like I, I struggle with a heart condition. I lose weight naturally really really fast always have it's nothing within my hands I don't exercise I rarely have ever stepped foot in the gym I don't do anything and for people that's like you're genetically blessed and like I post a photo in like a bikini or like tight clothes and people are like how'd you lose the weight so quick postpartum and it's like I didn't do anything it was just the fact that this is how my body works but don't compare yourself yeah, because where so where you might have extra weight I've got a faulty heart like yeah, I'm sitting so here true. trying to like just balance out my health right now and just like I lost a crazy amount of weight post Noah where like it was unhealthy my bones were sticking out of my body and it was it was shameful to me I was looking in the mirror like that's disgusting so it was the opposite side of the spectrum regardless your hormones are all over the place that's give yourself so time you've just Allow birthed yourself, a human like your like, body is incredible it's, our bodies are incredible a hundred percent and I think the best thing, if you're a listener and you know someone postpartum, the best thing you can do is compliment that woman. I don't care what you're complimenting on her. That might be the only compliment she's heard that day. Everyone comes over and talks about the baby. Are they That's sleeping? So how are they going? Oh, no they're so asks, cute. Are they are burping? You? Are they drinking? What are you feeding them? What about them? Ask about the parent and be there for the parent and support them as much as possible. And I think don't be hard on yourself if you're postpartum. Man, all our bodies look so different. Don't compare to what's on social media. That's so so true. much, so many things are edited as well these days. You don't even know what you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, well, Let's half be of them will be busted with their, yeah. with their Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you just, you never know. And it's a, it's, it's a pretty toxic culture. So what advice would you give to anyone listening how to find yourself again, whether it's post-birth, being pregnant at the moment, what were some of the measures that you takes, took? It takes time and you're finding a yeah. new version of you. Man, I didn't know what I was into anymore. As soon as I gave birth, I chucked myself into kids and it was like, because I had one after the other. So it was, I was in the deep end where like, I was in the runt of staying home yeah, just with the kids 24 seven, no interaction with other adults, except my sister and my mum when they came past every now and then and my girlfriends when they stopped by when they had, to, they had time. But like finding yourself, give yourself time allow yourself to be the mum that you want to be but also make sure you make time for you I remember I, I used to try to go for like nail appointments or eyelash appointments or I'd go to my friend's house at night once the kids went to sleep to be able to have coffee with her because I needed I craved that attention and normality conversation like having of a like, routine like she'd be like how's the baby and I'm like I don't give a fuck about the baby yeah. let's talk about you can we talk about what's going on in the world? Tell me what's happening like I need to step out of this mum bubble I just yeah. need to talk about other things so making sure you make that time for you is really important. What advice would you have? Um, routine for me was what changed a lot for me mentally was, you know, I, I, I had my mum just look after Tyson for an hour um, just so I could get to the gym and just get out of like that mum bubble. Yeah. Like you said, and it was like, wow, this is, this, is, this is about me now. This is my time. Like just making a conscious effort of 
yeah, having a routine, I think that's what helped me for yeah. me anyway. Yeah. I really struggled um, when my husband went to work and I had to stay in with the baby and I loved staying home with my kids, don't get me wrong, I love my kids to death, but I really struggled with the fact that his life hadn't changed that much. Yeah. Whereas my life changed drastically. My body was different. Um, my looks were different. My personality was different. Everything that once didn't annoy me annoyed me now. Um, I cut friends off because I felt like I just didn't have time for them and I felt really guilty for the sake that I didn't have time to spend with them. So, like, that resentment really did build up and it created a lot of, like, fights between us and it, I would fight about things that had nothing to do with the fact that I resented him. It was just because I resented him that I'd spark an argument and I think really coming to terms with the fact that you're not angry because his life hasn't changed. You're angry because you are grieving this old version of you and that's, that's okay. So Go through the grieving process. Find her again and find the new improved version of her. It's okay that you're not old. It's okay that you don't fit into those pair of jeans that you once loved so much. Buy yeah. the same pair of jeans in your size now because clothes are meant to fit you. You're not meant to fit into them. Yeah, that is so find true. yourself and look after yourself. Go out, put the kids in the stroller. Even if it's hard, even if you have anxiety, this yeah. morning might be down the road. You might get down the road with the stroller. Tomorrow might be you might try a play centre. The next day, you might try a shopping centre. Baby steps. But see, this is what I think, like, postpartum and coming back to, like, after having childbirth, like, with those prenatal classes, I feel like it needs to be changed. Like, I really feel like these are the topics and conversations or knowledge that they should be sharing with young mums or mums in general, like, or anyone having a child because these are things that we're not told. These are things that we're not taught. These are things that are just not spoken about. So I feel like if they, you know, in somewhat had these conversations or there was information out there or groups um, or even like therapy sessions yeah, to actually help a huge mums. One. Like I would have honestly much rather had gone to a therapy session as opposed to those prenatal birthing classes. Like we were sitting on a fucking bouncing ball like... Push, yeah. like, push yeah. what? Like, yeah. nothing's going to prepare you yeah. for what's about to come. It's true, you 100%. You just don't know. So Your for me, changes. I wish that there was more of, you know, the mental health side of it um, because I feel like after having, you know, a baby, that would have, like, triggered things for me and been like, oh, I, that's right. Like, it's okay to feel like this because you don't know what you said. Like you said, your hormones. You don't know who you are, what day it is, how you feel. How, is this normal? Is this not normal? Because um, postnatal depression is hard. Uh, did you experience postnatal? Um, I did probably later on um, and obviously after having Tyson, like I said, he was in hospital for three months. So I didn't really have time probably to process or yeah. if I was going through it, I didn't really realise because yeah. my main focus was just visiting him every day, um, you know, wondering whether it was he was touch and go. Is he going to have heart surgery? Is he not? So I think a lot of that was you were just like taken in over. I was just, just in, yeah. yeah, I didn't have time to process it. Yeah. I think for me it came after about the six-month mark, which oh, wow. I know sometimes they say it's usually earlier yeah. on. Um, after six months when everything was okay with him and he was stable and stuff. That's it was when like, you could process. Huh, I, I, it was like now I have this child and... Yeah. I'm not feeling myself. And I felt like I was having out-of-body experiences because I just yeah. didn't feel like anything was attached to me. 100%. So for me, it came later on. Um, it's full on. Yeah, and it was really difficult. So yeah. I mean, for anyone that's going through it, for me, it was just being able to, to see a therapist and talk about it awesome. and understand my body and, and what was going on for me. Yeah. I had um, post-Nina, I think I did have a bit of post-Nina, but I didn't Jerry. And I remember Billy was you're researching. Just crazy. No, <laughs> but just, Billy You're just crazy full stop. <laughs> no, like. But Billy was researching about postnatal depression pre like he was someone who like he was so excited to be a dad. So he was, was searching everything he possibly could. Yeah. And one day his uncles had come over and his aunties and 
they're wogs, right? Man, I don't know who comes over at this time of night, but these people decided to visit at 8 o'clock at night. I was tired. I was a new mum. Anyway, they decided to come. And I literally was like, get them out of here. Like, I took Nina upstairs to breastfeed, and this was really early on, and I was like, Billy, I'm really, I'm not feeling it. Can you get them out of here? Like, I'm, I'm really upset. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just want to be with Nina. Like, I just want to go to sleep and be with her. But I didn't realise that I was just cooping up in my own little head. Anyway, and he, he sent them off. Like, I'd gone downstairs, said hello, and then they left. And then he came to me at night and he's like, Nina really loves you. She needs her mum here. <laughs> and I was like, this has nothing to do with Nina. Like, our kid. Like, postpartum <laughs> depression is not you wanting to commit yeah. suicide. Like, this is... This is just genuinely like it's 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 mentally you just feel like you want to protect this baby at all cost and you want to be alone with this baby and yeah. then you feel sad this this overflow of emotion of sadness and you don't know why you don't know where it's from so it's like they call it the baby blues maybe yeah, that's what I had I that, yeah. and like I really struggled to get out of it because like anytime anyone came over I was like go away like I don't want you here I just want to be alone with the baby but then secluding yourself isn't healthy either so no, it's like well, how do you win. I'm not depressed enough to go see a shrink, but I'm not happy enough to like go on like this. I, it, I think it all came down to like a, a really intuitive partner who really knew how to read me and go, how can I support you? Yeah. Let's see, we can have alone time. That's okay, let's chill. And Nina was like, she didn't sleep. The kid didn't fucking sleep. And I was like, I fed you, I've changed you. I've burped you. I don't know what more to do. And I'm going to have a mental breakdown if you cry one more time. Like, I have videos in my phone where I'm like, go to sleep. And she's smiling at me. And I'm like, I can't do this. I was lucky enough because Tyson was on medication. So they said it will alter him. So he was like a plus. He was asleep. I'd have to like, I, I mean, I'd just let him sleep. But you'd almost have to wake him to just feed him. Oh, so, wow. That's a like a blessing and a curse. Yeah, but wow. Exactly right. I struggle. I would feel the mum guilt. So do you think mum guilt is a real thing a hundred percent i agree you feel the mum guilt over the dumbest everything shit like i remember when i decided to go to turkey to get plastic surgery like to get my boobs done and that was the first ever time i was leaving my kids for an extended amount of time with their dad who is so capable didn't worry about them at all in that sense but more so like i was going to be away for two weeks and i've never and been in away. another country you're not even close by the mum guilt yeah. killed me killed me inside and I just felt so bad that this they had to be without me mind you and then a mum had said to me and she was she's one of my girlfriends and I said to her hey you went to Bali for a hen's night when your girl was really young like what advice do you have for me I'm really worried and stressed and she goes I'm gonna tell you something that my girlfriend told me and just keep this in mind and this changed my life and she said when you leave regardless of whether you're there or not they're gonna be doing the exact same thing going through the same emotions they're going through you can either choose this time away to enjoy it and really rebuild your cup and make sure that it's full or you can choose to stress about it and nothing's going to change regardless, only That's you true. and your mind. And that mentality changed my mind so much because when I came back, when I tell you, nothing changed. The That's kids so were identical, true. same shit, same routine was every day. They were sleeping the same, eating the same. They didn't grow an inch. Everything was the same except my mind was different and I was so much of a better parent for it. I came back with my cup full and it changed my perspective on everything. And that's the biggest piece of advice that I can give to anyone that's going through mum guilt is sometimes you have to sacrifice that time with your kid to be able to fill your cup, but your kid's going to thank you for it later. Yeah. So you put yourself first where needed and don't ever feel guilty for it because you deserve time for you I too. I agree. So we need to model that's, that. That's because society has changed the way we parent. 
No, I think social media is like you're a bad parent if you feed your kid walnuts, but then you're a bad parent if you feed them chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Everything's a bad, bad cop. Like you're. It doesn't matter what you do. Do you follow like holistic kind of influencers that share like their holistic life with their kids and homeschool their kids? I'm not bagging them at all, but I'm just saying like that style of living isn't the way we parent our kids, and so the contrast of it all can sometimes play negative impact. Yeah, and it's it, it. it stays in your mind and you, you, you're constantly torn between do I do this, should I allow this, is yeah. this as good as this is bad? But it's like, hey, like there's a lot of single mums out there. I'm a single mum. So it's like if my son needs to be on the iPad for 20 minutes while I'm preparing dinner, so be it. You know, yeah. like I'll make a conscious effort of coming home and, you know, not being on the phone and going for a walk or doing stuff. But the mum guilt is always there. It doesn't – I mean, he's almost eight and for me – there's still mum guilt. I go through it every single day going to work, yeah. um, being away from him, having him in childcare. It was like, why are you putting your child in childcare? That doesn't make any sense. You know, you're, you should be spending that you know, precious time while they're so young yeah, yeah. bonding with your child. And it was like, yeah, I get that. But I also want to work for me. Like I couldn't wait to get back yeah. to work because I felt like that was the only thing keeping me sane. Yeah. So having that connection with other people again, you know, speaking to other exactly. adults. So, you know, mum guilt is very, very real. Yeah, 100%. I was speaking to a girlfriend recently and she's got a newborn and I think he's like four months old now. And she said, I'm thinking of going back into work and eventually I want to put him in childcare, but not just yet. Like obviously later. And she goes, I'm just so torn between putting him in childcare and not and I just felt this immense mum guilt because yeah, it's hard like we can survive if I stayed home and didn't work but I feel like I need this for my for mental health and I said correct. don't ever feel guilty for that I put Noah in at one year old one years old and I know people put him in younger yeah. but one years old and I felt so guilty and I kid you not if you compare the two kids Nina went in at two Noah went in at one he met milestones a lot faster I than agree. she did it's because so he advanced in so many social skills and so many aspects I agree. and I'm not saying like if you're someone who stays at home with your kid like your kid's not going to be smart don't get me wrong yeah. at all but I'm saying if you need to take that step for you and your 100%. mental health don't be afraid to you know research where you're going to put them but it is beneficial for them yeah is what I'm I trying agree. to say but back to social media I feel like there's so many pages that talk about like homeschooling and like this holistic life of feeding him no sugar and there are so many kids who don't eat sugar at all whereas my kid was like you know if it's a Saturday morning and Nina sees chocolate caramellos next to my bed and she sneaks one I'm not going to lose my my head it's like it is is what what it is is. but but it's the backlash that people cop yeah and I don't know why everyone does that you all need to stop doing that like (laughs) I'm serious like it pisses me right off like stop commenting negative comments like just let it be do you like let everyone else do them like if you don't agree with it just shut your mouth <laughs> for real <laughs> shut your mouth there's like, so many there's so much backlash on social media in general like i know for have, me yeah, yeah if i shared like i shared once. i remember pumpkin soup like, yeah yeah you got grilled for pumpkin soup like so the story was was <laughs> the story was was that I fed my kids a lot of pumpkin soup because it's something that I love and something they love. And it's a great way to put nutrition into their meals. Bro, people were coming after me like, oh, you cook your kids' pumpkin soup. What? Some dumb fuck goes, oh, your kid's going to turn into a pumpkin. What, bro? Are you 10? Yeah, Who are you for? Like, are you legitimately shaming me for making yeah. my... Bro, there's no cocaine in the pumpkin soup. Relax. It's <laughs> fucking vegetables and stock. They're not going to die from doing, it. You're doing what you can as a mum. Like, you know, you don't know what's going on for that person mentally no, or but, anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're doing the best that you can. You're providing what you can for your child. Yeah, like, exactly. it is okay for them to just have biscuits and crackers. Vegemite, crackers yeah. and cheese sometimes. Like, you've got to do what you've got to do to get through that day sometimes, whatever that may look like. So It's, it's not easy. And I feel like with social media just in play... Just don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> just don't have them. 
So basically what it comes down to in the end um, is make sure you put yourself first as a mum. Be there for the mums in your life because they do need support. If your body is changing, like don't be hard on yourself. It takes time. Be kind and make sure that you know that you're doing the best that you can and whatever that looks like, so long as you're trying every day, that's all that really matters. Yeah, that you're doing enough. Exactly. I've heard that quote where it says, um, my mum used to tell me, she's like, if you're worried about being a better mum, you're already a better mum. Correct. I agree. You're, you're that's the best mum. Yeah. That's right. So just remember that, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to leave us a review and share it with your friends and family. 